Elizabeth Beatty is a journalist based in Tokyo. Elizabeth, thanks for your time. Welcome. Uh, what is the story with this bombing at a Myanmar refugee camp, please, Elizabeth? Uh, yes, yeah, so this is the latest concerning development to emerge from Myanmar uh, is this case of a, a bombing uh, at, at this camp where at least 30 people, including 13 children, have been reported dead uh, and 50 injured. So quite a significant volume of injuries. Uh, these numbers would make it one of the deadliest attacks since the, the coup began. Uh, uh, the uh, UN officials have kind of expressed outrage, saying that these camps are places of refuge, they shouldn't be targeted. And the British Embassy in Myanmar have said that uh, at least 1.2 million uh, civilians have had to flee their homes since the violence began, and more than 3,000 civilians have been killed by the military. Uh, so it's it's a continuation of the perse- persecution of uh, civilians we're seeing in Myanmar. And just exactly how did this unfold? Well, it's very, very uh, difficult for for journalists and media and and officials to uh, map out a true timeline of events because of how effective the military are at uh, imposing internet blackouts and controlling the media. Uh, We're seeing a video of footage kind of emerge, but it came as a complete uh, shock for, for people on the ground uh, and uh, it, you know people monitoring uh, the, the developments in Myanmar. It's, it's still a, a, a shock that this happened, even though there have been cases uh, in the past few years of uh, camps being uh, targeted by bombs by the military. And in another story, uh, this time uh, detention in China involved, but an Australian has been freed. Can you explain the circumstances first of their incarceration and then how freedom was achieved? Yes, so uh, this uh, Chinese-Australian journalist, uh, Chen Li, she was uh, detained over a national endangering China's national security. She was accused of illegally supplying state secrets overseas but her public her charges were not made public so this whole case has been uh, kind of uh, murky uh, it's back in 2020 she was uh, arrested while working for Chinese state-owned media uh, in, in Beijing uh, she was tried in secret in court which happens at times in China which has quite an opaque uh, legal system uh, and the whole time Australian representatives have been trying to kind of physically uh, into the court or uh, access her and they, they were able to make some visits uh, to her but her family have kind of experienced such ex- immense ambiguity around her charges uh, and there have been times where she was held in solitary confinement so the whole situation is kind of uh, confusing and ambiguous for, for uh, Chen Li and her family and Australian diplomats but uh, rather suddenly, uh, she was released and uh, she was put in a plane uh, and uh, welcomed at the airport by Australia's Foreign Minister Penny Wong and uh, PM Albanese. Uh, and she's been reunited with her family. Uh, Chinese officials have said that she has just uh, served her sentence after pleading guilty. But uh, a lot of uh, media commentators, academics and experts are kind of... Uh, cynical or speculating about what were the underlying kind of motivations for releasing her at this point in time. Are there other cases involving Australians who have been uh, detained in China that have had similar outcomes? Is there some kind of hostage diplomacy that has had several outcomes? 
Yes, uh, China's kind of uh, used hostage diplomacy in, in recent years, and if, uh, experts say it's it's actually quite uh, uh, it's quite effective. Uh, I think the most famous cases were actually over those two uh, Michael Cana- those two Canadians, you know, Michael Korbuk and Michael Spavor, uh, uh, and that kind of was involved in um, that resulted in in the release of those two Canadian. Uh, 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 individuals uh, came about when uh, Canada kind of released uh, a Chinese uh, Huawei executive. So that was kind of very viewed as um, tit for tact, or those two events were viewed as uh, as uh, resulting in the other. Uh, there is an, currently an Australian who is being held. He's a writer, Yang Hinjun. He's also incarcerated under national security charges in uh, since 2019, his family have been kind of now uh, trying to harness this media attention and uh, generate the same kind of results uh, for him. But that legal system being uh, quite opaque makes it kind of uh, difficult to to clearly kind of answer, clearly ascertain uh, uh, um, those outcomes. Now, the Japanese government is seeking a court order to revoke the Unification Church's corporation status. Can you explain exactly what corporation status is and means? Yes, so, uh, so basically for a church, this involves their their tax exemptions and their tax benefits, uh, and they are uh, recognised as a church in that way and that they're not taxed uh, like other entities. So that's kind of what it relates to. If the government revokes their religious corporation status, they will still be allowed to worship, but it will really kind of focus on their ability to uh, generate uh, donations and generate income and then avoid taxation on those uh, that, that income. Remind us of the history of the Unification Church, uh, not only in Japan but around the world. It's, it's quite a fascinating one, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so it, it stems back to the, it was founded in the 1950s in uh, Korea. Uh, they're referred to as the, they're commonly kind of known as the Moonies. Uh, they operate in all these uh, different kind of chapters around the world. Uh, in Japan, I, I, they were kind of, I guess, they were existing for a long time, but really what harnessed their global attention and attention in Japan was uh, the links of one of their Former members who, uh, 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 well, the this uh, former member's mother was a attendance of the church, um, and he uh, assassinated uh, Prime Minister, former PM uh, Shinzo Abe, uh, and he blamed the church. So that's kind of added another twist to to this church's a colourful kind of history and reputation. Do the mass weddings still happen? <laughs> As far as I know, uh, I, I don't, I'm not too aware of any cases in Japan, but the church has tried to kind of uh, remain low-key at, at yeah. this stage, uh, given all the, all the scrutiny upon them in the aftermath of uh, Abe's death. Thank you very much. Elizabeth Beattie is a journalist based in Tokyo. Thanks for your time, Elizabeth.